Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. From Tsunami Sushi in downtown Lafayette, we're Out to Lunch with Christian Maida, editor and publisher of The Current. It's business Acadiana style. Welcome to Out to Lunch. I'm Christian Mader. Acadiana is famous for its ingenuity. You look no further than a crawfish boat to see what I mean. You might say that innovation is in the water, and that's because the peoples who settled here needed to be clever to survive. Of course, these days, necessity isn't the only mother of invention. We live in the sportsman's paradise, after all. And fishing is what led my guest, Brian Signorelli, to his signature invention. He was out on his boat one morning, fishing in some familiar waters, juggling a handheld flashlight, trying to work the throttle on his boat to avoid a stump. And he hit the stump, and an idea hit him. Basin Boat Lighting was born. Basin Boat Lighting is a patented safety lighting and signal system for watercraft. It fixes right onto a boat and can be powered by an adaptable charger that can use whatever power tool battery pack you prefer. The idea has been a hit with boating enthusiasts and kayakers alike, and Brian has since expanded the line to include more sophisticated and powerful units. Everything he produces meets or exceeds Coast Guard standards and is made right here in the U.S. of A. and by veterans, too. Brian is a Navy vet, a medical fraud investigator, and a registered nurse. Brian Signorelli, welcome to Out to Lunch. Thank you. Uh, maybe on your way to your favorite fishing hole, you've noticed a lot more RVs cruising the highway. It's not your imagination. The RV and camping industry has exploded, especially since the pandemic. And the campsites have popped up around the country. But here's a problem. You could book your spot for your camper a year in advance, hit some bad traffic on the way in, and you miss your booking. And that might mean you need a spot that night. And until my guest Terry Broussard developed the app spot tonight, you were pretty much out of luck. Think of Spot Tonight as kind of like Priceline for RVs. It makes it easier for wayward campers to run down last-minute spots by marketing last-minute inventory at area campsites. It's pretty much full service. It can filter availabilities based on the type of vehicle you drive, preferences for amenities. It can even do the booking for you with 24-7 customer support. Terry and his son-in-law developed the business after Terry had retired from a long career in the healthcare industry. It's since become the perfect retirement business for Terry. He can operate on the move in his own RV with a remote workforce. And Terry is also a veteran. He served for 21 years as an Air Force nurse and later became a veteran recruiter for Acadian Ambulance. Terry Broussard, welcome to Out to Lunch. Thank you. Great to be here. So, Brian, I got to say up front, I don't do a lot of fishing. I've never owned a boat. I was a little surprised that boats just didn't have fixed lights on them. I mean, was this something that you walked into where it's like this is an obvious solution or, or am I misunderstanding how boats tend to get their lights done? Well, it seems that uh, due to some maybe antiquated regulations and such, that boats do not have forward-facing lighting, just like in, in your pickup truck. Yeah. We, we wouldn't dream of getting in our truck tonight and running to the store right down the road with no headlights. Yeah. It, it just doesn't work that way. And after the uh, little incident that you mentioned, yeah. uh, that what, what kept sticking in my head was there's got to be a better way. Yeah. I knew where I was. I knew where the stump was. I knew that 12-foot alligator was there also because I had seen him the day before. Yeah. So during the little interaction with the stump, yeah. uh, while I was waiting to feel the wet in the water, uh, I, I knew it was going to be a problem. Luckily, I didn't go out, but 
what stuck in my head was there's got to be a better way. And, and then COVID came. Yeah. And with, with COVID, I, I painted everyone's house and changed their floors and kind of ran out of things to do. And that kept coming back. There's got to be a better way. There's got to be a better way. We need to see where we're going. Um, in the 2021 Coast Guard boating accident reports, nearly 800 mothers, brothers, fathers, sisters didn't make it home after simply going out on the water for either a day looking at the beauty in the basin or wherever they like to go in their home state. Um, and, and that's just not acceptable. And, and the large majority of that was collision. Mm -hmm. Collision with the boat, collision with the stump, collision with the tree. Uh, kayakers are so low profile, a lot of times Mary and I are out there fishing, and by the time you see them, it's like, oh, you're so low profile. I was like on top of you before I saw you. Hmm. Um, and they do get swamped. The boat goes by fast and it's enough to roll them over. Hmm. And, and for the most part, uh, no one has practiced getting back in a kayak. Where I fish and where I grew up hunting, um, as I mentioned, the 12-foot gator, they come bigger than that. <laughs> and the last thing I want to do is be in the water, splashing, trying to get to shore, because that, that's a signal for food for them. Yeah, I mean, that makes a lot of sense to me. And, of course, the idea there's got to be a better way is the opening mission for a lot of new business ideas. I mean, Terry's spot tonight would seem to fit that basic description. There's got to be a better way to do this than scrambling around, calling every RV campground in the area to try to find a last-minute spot. But you're leveraging technology here, right? This is functional. Exactly. App. Yep. So, is, but you were an Air Force nurse. I mean, did you code this thing yourself? I mean, how do you no, go from no. idea to, you know, actually developing the thing? I mean, it's enough, it's one thing to see. I, I see the opportunity here. It's another thing entirely to make it. So, you know, all ideas start out with the aha moment, right? Yeah. So we had that back in 2019. Again, uh, pre-COVID, leaning against the RV, let's go somewhere, when tonight. And we realized, of course, that it wasn't that easy to do. You know, back then, most campgrounds, family-owned, they have a ledger book on the countertop. Some of them are using software systems. And so taking it fast forward to now, we directly connect the traveler with the booking system. We basically create that single moment uh, architect for an online travel agent for campers only. We give you the Amazon experience, six-click booking, build your profile, and you can look, book, and go, as I say, in the app. And that's how it all started. And not only do we do what we call it Spot Tonight, it really should be maybe Spot Tonight and beyond, because we go as far forward now as the plan as the companies release dates. So yes, you can plan your whole summer trip in Spot Tonight, and we see that now. Trip boards, we have all that. All of that's connected. So, I mean, I'm guessing if, if the advantage, right, if you're looking beyond sort of the, the immediate need is you're kind of a centralized hub at that point. So somebody's going and saying, like, look, I'm going to take a trip from Louisiana to Texas to Oklahoma and you know, make my way all the way to Washington State. That They're able to sort of route that path through you rather than having to go to individual campers in each state. Well, it's worse than that. It, in the old days, you would literally have to take your map, find where you want to go, circle the campgrounds, call them, wait for them to call you back if, they don't, if they're out on the RV putting propane for somebody. Then they have to look in the availability, and then they're going to ask you about seven times, and what type of rig do you have, because they keep forgetting. And nowadays, we just all want to pick our phone up and go with it, right? Load it one time, and this is where I want to go. And our app will give you that total visibility, as we would say in the Air Force, total asset visibility. 
we can show you everything in pricing. And you can, of course, in the technology world, pinch and squeeze the map, expand it, show live pricing. If there's a price shown there, there's a spot to book <laughs> for the time that you specify. So Brian, you, you get this idea right and you go to your garage, sort of classic tinkering in the garage story. I mean, how did you actually build your first light? I mean, was it just going to Home Depot, grabbing some PVC pipe and sort of duct taping a light to it saying, I got an idea? I mean, how, how sophisticated was that first well, model? It, it, from, from start to finish to build a prototype took about 20 minutes. Not. <laughs> it, it took, and, and when I heard uh, you say 2019, I was like, yay, somebody's in this as long as I am. Yeah. Um, it was it was a little over a year to actually prototype it. It yeah. actually started in my garage yeah. with a piece of metal and a three-pound mall yeah. and, and, and a pole similar to what is used to uh, put existing lights in on boats. Yeah. Um, that that came full circle in March of 2023. Uh, I received a design patent from the United States Patent and Trade Office, yeah. and in September, I received the utility patent. So yeah. I'm now a, a two patent holder. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it took a year to prototype and probably a year to perfect after that. Yeah. Did you have to work with like industrial designers? I mean, when you kind of went from the, the, the sort of the more crude version of it and you I mean what I've seen on the website and stuff, I mean, it's it, I'm sure you're you've played with the different materials and everything and sort of finalized how this thing runs and everything. I mean, were you an electrician? I mean, what was your experience there to do it? <laughs> uh, jack of all trades. A registered yes, yes. nurse means you fix everything, right? Yeah, yeah sure. Uh, I did go through all of that. You have to have it um, professionally architecture, if you will, yep. uh, just, you know, CAD drawings. Yep. You have to have design engineering. I use plastic mold, yep. plastic injection molds to build a lot of the parts. And everything has to be specced out. So you, you after you kind of prototype it, mm -hmm. um, and then you have to go and go through all of that because the measurements on, on some of the plastic parts are within one one thousandth of an inch. Uh, I did try in metal, uh, took took probably two months for them to make it, and as soon as it touched my hand, I knew it was too heavy. Yep. Scratched the whole idea and go back to the drawing board. So we went to uh, ABS plastics and stainless steel, and a lot of the thought process behind that was to keep it plug and play. Mm -hmm. On all boats, there's a place to plug in a light. It's that little re green and red thing that you see, or sometimes don't see in the case of running into each other. Um, so we designed it to plug and play. Mm -hmm. And then for, for kayaks, uh, the market's exploding. There, there's a large trend toward propulsion. And, and if, if you use a spoon to paddle it forward, that's considered propulsion. So um, you, you see a lot of new electric trolling motors, yeah. if you will. They're not really trolling motors. They're meant to propel a kayak. Um, some of, some of the big motor makers are out there making 2.5, 3, 5, 9 horsepower motors. So they, they kind of see what's happening there too. So it's a trend. When the kayakers go to propulsion, they're considered a boat, have to register and follow all of the safety guidelines. Yeah. So Terry, I think folks would be, some folks would be surprised at how much the industry you're in has grown, right? I mean, and I think you can see it if you're on the highway, right? I mean, I've, I've just observed, right, a lot more of these full-service type RV situations, right, where it seems like folks are even like, you live in Youngsville, and you're like, you know, I'm going to take a trip up to Karakrow because there's a spot I like there with a swimming pool. Like, I mean, the RV world seems to be getting more sophisticated. So, I mean, how is your how have you had to sort of adapt? I mean, have you had to adapt along the way to try to meet the market where it is? Sure. Well, certainly in camping, that's 
the, the number of RV parks has just blown up immensely as far as growth yeah. of the RV industry. Uh, that has been one of the major things is people want to go out. They learned during COVID. You know, it's a lot of fun to camp, right? That's when it really started is doing COVID campers. And so what we do in our technology is every park that we onboard, we catalog their amenities. So if you want a lazy river, if you want a bocce ball, if you want, you know, golf, if you want uh, any, uh, any of that pickleball, you can find it and select it as a searchable field in the system. If you even want a horse stall, we got horse stalls in Texas. Mm -hmm. So you can find all of that and categorize it. We do that when we build out the park profile for What's the What's like the latest trend in RV park amenities? Is it pickleball? I feel like pickleball is dominated just well, about everything else. Well, certainly pickleball, but right now the hunt is on for the eclipse in April. Okay. Eclipse camping, April 8th. It's going to be, well, probably won't see it again in my lifetime, I don't yep. think. But, you know, certainly the campers that are in there. So we actually have a field that says Eclipse 2024 viewing. Mm -hmm. And you can select that and you'll see the parks show up that have availability in the pathway that follows the Eclipse path from the northeast down out to Texas and Mexico. Do, do the parks themselves know about that? I mean, like, is that a thing that parks are they're advertising? Oh, yes. Hey, we're in the path of the eclipse. Yes, and <laughs> it's kind of a supply and demand situation there yeah. as well. And many other parks, uh, we actually uh, created technology to where we can add flatlands. Yeah. Like if you're a park owner and you have an extra spot next to you that's not in your regular system, it's dry camping, and you want to capitalize on the Eclipse parking, yeah. we're, and you're in with us already, we can load that in as well, and then we manage that separately as what we call an Eclipse park, <laughs> an event park. And we, we really catered that or designed that for the Eclipse 2023 out at uh, Crater Lake National Park yeah. out in Oregon. We were the technology provider for that event. Uh, it was, of course, the first the big eclipse out there at the end of the year. We had all the major media out there, Weather Channel was on scene, all of that, and our technology did everything from barcoding to giving people the vectors to drive in and book a spot with us. Yeah. And so that's what we're doing in this coming April. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Christian Mader, talking to Terry Broussard of Spot Tonight and Brian Signorelli of Basin Boat Light. Our conversation continues after this break. Support for Out to Lunch at Katiana comes from. Adita Corporate Staffing, Basics Swim and Gym, and Basics Underneath, Fine Lingerie, Infinite Health Integrative Medicine Center, Michelle Weighing and Measurement, Calibration Services and Measurement Equipment Since 1947, New Orleans Ice Cream, Available in Select Grocery Stores, and Rev Realtors. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Christian Mader. I'm talking to Terry Broussard of Spot Tonight and Brian Signorelli of Basin Boat Lighting. Brian, I'm a little more curious about the patent process here, right? I mean, um, talk to me a little bit first. I mean, you, you come up with this idea, and I'm, I'm sure to some extent you're surprised that you're the first person to think of it, right? I mean, so were, were you surprised to see that there would be a patent available for it? I mean, like, or, or was that something that you expected? Well, it's, as, as the process goes along and... and we're, we're far from just the light. We have a number of other incorporated items in there. We have the, the, the bow navigation light, which yeah. the pole to adapt power to this is essentially replacing, so it's taking that. Yeah. We have uh, uh, the U.S. Coast Guard requires that we carry audible and visual uh, distress signaling devices, and they're both incorporated into this, uh, into the product. It's all built with ABS plastic. Of course, strong, uh, the, the main LED is the, the, the main draw. Mm -hmm. It has uh, stainless steel. It's 
So it has a number of products in it. So as you go through it, there comes a point when you have to start thinking, do I, do I need to even consider this? So you hire or go see a patent attorney mm -hmm. and they make a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> so you, 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 you run it by them and see what their thoughts are. Um, anything can be, you can apply for a patent for anything that's new and different. Yep. And they're both the design and utility uh, categories. Yep. Uh, and then there comes a point where you're you have to protect protect your invention yeah uh, to keep others from because they'll come out real quick and they you know may or may not either way but it becomes a, a way of protecting your uh, your own invention is this an opportunity for you to license it if you wanted to is that something you'd consider I could I could license it uh, reach a licensing agreement with someone and and sit back and let them sell, produce, whatever, yeah. um, you know, depend on how the contract would be written, but that would be possible. Yeah, and I'm guessing that would only really be attractive because but you're kind of a small shop at this point, right? You and yeah. one employee, so like maybe if you wanted to take it to a larger scale, is that the place where that would make the most sense? It's just a continuum of, of rolling the snowball up the hill and, and trying to get it over the top so it goes down the other side. Yeah. And, and I'm sure we'll agree that it, it seems like you never reach the top. <laughs> um, <good. laughs> and, and it takes a while. You. Yeah. Every now and then you run into people who've done this, who have experience in this, and they say, you just got to keep pushing. Yeah. You know, or maybe, maybe you're discussing an issue, or how do I get past this? And it's just, it's uh, being an entrepreneur is a very lonely business. Yeah, sure. Hey, Terry, I mean, you're operating in a tech space, right? In a very common life uh, cycle is idea, uh, ideation, creation, exit right you know somebody comes along who's already in that space he's got a lot of capital and they say we like your product so much we want it right i mean right. Is, is that the life cycle you're aiming for or do you see like or is that not because your industry is relatively niche not really on the pathway for you yeah no no i think that's uh, that is a very standard out you know out in the tech world you yeah. know of how how these things grow i mean that's eventually it and we do uh i think aspire one day to be the single source booking for campgrounds we are neutral to all of those competing reservation companies, yeah. which is kind of nice, you know, so it puts us in a very good space in the space mm -hmm. uh, to do that. And I think that's one of the one of the real attractive features of us. And uh, and I'm, one of the things I'm most proud of is that people have just said, you know, we like doing business with you because you're nice guys. Yeah. And I think that's a part of being Louisiana to some degree. You know, sure. we are. And, and you have we, to be careful. I mean, you nice go through guys. a lot. So there would be a lot of discussion about what are you going to do with my baby? What, what's your intention? So mm -hmm. that would kind of go both ways. Um, and, and there's different uh, exit, if you will. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, you know, in, in some you, re, you retain some de, some decision making um, all, the, all the way to just a turnover. So, yeah. But well, I think, as you said earlier, we're not quitters. Um, <laughs> right. you, you still want to have some kind of agreement on, on what they're going to do with it. Well, both of you guys are still young, but I mean, you're both coming into it after a period of prior employment, right? I mean, is, does that make it seem more attractive, the idea that maybe you're making another company that you could leave to children, grandchildren, what have you, or, or is it, you know, yeah, I am, you know, this is, I'm doing this now in my life, and it would be great to kind of, you know, see this thing make a, net, a nice profit and, and move on. It, it, it all depends, you know, things, that's, as I said about the snowball, at some point, you're going to entertain different kinds of offers, buy-ins, yeah. exits, all that kind of stuff. And it, 
it, it depends on what's in the package. Yeah, yeah. In our, in our case, you know, we already are a family business. So my uh, first son-in-law, Sam, is co-founder and COO with me. We came up with the idea. We pulled the money and we ran with it. And we have a very tight-knit uh, friends and family investor on our cap table. Yeah. Uh, and then we basically said, oh, then, you know, and I have three daughters. And so the number two gets married and he was in a career field. Grant was in a career field that really was a great match for us. He's a great guy. And so Grant works with our parks onboarding, recruiting parks. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, again, like you said, you know, it's, it is about at some point, do you want to leave it to them or what? It just kind of all depends on all the features and where we are when that call comes from, say, you know, a much larger travel aggregator. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and our technology is very robust. Um, we are doing a lot of things, you know, that I think other people are standing up and take notice. Mm-hmm. And particularly, they ask me often, did you like work for Hilton before? I've had that asked before and I said, no, we are, we are outsiders. We are consumers that had a problem with what was going on in the industry. And as I alluded to earlier, we fix things, right? And so we, we approached it and had the aha moment and said, we can do this. And mm-hmm. I think that's, uh, that's very much a part of being Louisiana. I, so I, don't, I didn't see in the research here that you had worked in hospitality management. So I, I want to put that out there in case I was wrong. But I mean, was that a learning curve for you to sort of like, okay, I've got a background in healthcare. I know that. I know nursing. I maybe know some, some yeah. bits of that business. I mean, working at Acadian. But. Well, you, you know, let's just, let's just say what it is. You know, being a nursing is also a hospitality business, right, these days. Uh, and, but in my time in the Air Force, I did some post-Gulf War integration where we were trying to bring together disconnected databases, which was very much like this. Mm-hmm. And that was a big project I had when I was at the Pentagon. And so through that escalation then here, it's all connected. Uh, my son-in-law, Sam, did the same thing on the financial side. But it's about bringing disconnected databases together to a common operating picture that is user-friendly. And we have a great team of experts. Our chief technology officer, uh, Joel, is just phenomenal with the, the background back end. Chief product officer, Mike, he has the look and feel down to create that six-click finish mm-hmm. um, that really wins it for us. Brian, I mean, what about you? Were you a maker before this? I mean, I didn't see that in, in your resume per se. I mean, lots of people have shops. They make things for fun, for pleasure, for, you know, necessity or whatever. I mean, was this your first for in, in, in manufacturing? Well, I think I'm kind of a jack-of-all-trades, master of none. Okay. Um, That's a good and, way to be. And it, as you stated, uh, when you, when you, there's a problem, and, and it kind of just stuck with me. So in, in dealing with what do we do here, and it's not just for me because I began to notice how many people are actually trying to hold the steering wheel, operate the throttle, and hold that Q-beam. Mm-hmm. In the early morning, I'm, I'm, an, I'm an early bird, so I was always out early. And, and I'm sure the same could and would happen in the evening. Uh, and then you kind of expand your thinking, and it's, what if someone's stranded out here? What if this? What if what if that? The um, So we, we, and we just kept adding stuff to it. Um, the, the whole device can be operated by an app. It has Bluetooth, and it has a never-seen-before SOS function. So if you get into some kind of situation, whether it's an emergency in your boat or someone else's boat, somebody goes overboard, whatever the case may be, you can press that SOS button. And, and it's, it's, a, it's a double, whatever they call it, when you gotta do things twice, and it'll ask you again, are you sure you wanna activate? Mm-hmm. And if you press it, 
We receive your uh, demographic information that's been put on file, coming from a certain cell phone, and, and your exact GPS location. So uh, one of the last tests that we did, uh, one of my kind of uh, people who helped uh, push the product in Ohio loves to test their device without warning. <laughs> so, on, the, on the most recent <laughs> test of her SOS function, the uh, time the, from the time she activated until the time her phone rang, me, was less than 10 seconds. How are you manning that? I mean, if you if you have to be like available if somebody is you know into the hinterlands and like hits the SOS thing and you know it's a good thing you're an early bird I guess but I mean, do you have people available to take the call if it's we, some god awful hour of the evening? No, that's that's probably a little bit down the road. Yeah. Right now, I'm manning multiple phones and they're they're okay. all set. Yeah. To to trigger me if, yeah. if that should happen. Yeah. Um, and and of course that's what I'm going to use to call them right back. We kind of function like an alarm system. If it goes off, first thing we do is call you. Is everything okay? And with the two-step activation, we kind of take a lot of that accidental stuff out of the picture. Sure. Um, and then the next is no answer or they you know, say that they're having some type of emergency. We don't, we don't ask, you know, is it really an emergency or anything? If they call, they won't help. Yeah. Because uh, you'll find a lot of people in an emergency situation as my fellow nurse right here knows, um, they go into sensory overload. Yeah. And, and they'll be unable to, say, tell you exactly where they're at. Um, so we have that location, and we just send help. So, Terry, you guys began in sort of a, your, your premise was to help people sort of in an emergent situation. I need a place tonight. And you've expanded since into, okay, well, we'll help you book further into the future. I mean, do you see yourself going expanding any further i mean looking at other types of booking or do you feel like you guys have sort of expanded into the space that you want to be in well it will always be campground centric right we'll always do rv parks and resorts we've added recently just added uh cabins yurts tents yurts yurts these i mean are, i know what a yurt is yeah, are yurts, people so, booking yurts yes like, these parks okay. are they're they're opening up so you'll see on our map what you'll see all these spite these uh, prices and the $11 one might be the yurt, the $200 one might be a full cabin. So uh, you'll see all of that. And, and it's because these parks are investing in all of these different stay accommodation types. And let's face it, we're driving the small camper and maybe the family wants to meet us when we're passing through. So we book in the app, in the shopping cart, just like a big online retailer, my RV spot and here's a cabin for grandma, you know. And the, and the other family, they can stay there. And we have our RV. We have our space, right? Yeah. And so that's, uh, you know, that's already in there. Uh, we have integration partners that we provide the instant book button for. Mm -hmm. Good Sam, Campgrounds, Reserve America, um, uh, Road Pass, all of these other guys that are building large travel systems. They all want what we have now, which is the book now button. <laughs> The technology that we use, which makes us a bit different. So you keep in mind, there are many apps out there real quick that are directories. Like they may just tell you, here's a campground. You still got to call them. Our technology connects it and shows immediate availability. So if it lights up and shows you a campground, there's a spot. I'm not going to show you stuff you can't have, right? Mm -hmm. So if it's a guy, Terry, you don't have any campgrounds. No, I have campgrounds. They're just not available for you. Why would I show you something that you got to call and... It doesn't work that way. That's right. I want to know if I got a spot. 
Well, I imagine whatever you guys are going to do next, maybe the way you'll get there is you'll think, well, here's a problem. I'd sure like to fix that. I mean, that seems like a pretty common theme for both of you. Uh, Brian and Terry, thank you so much for joining me today on Out to Lunch Acadiana. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. It's great. My guests on Out to Lunch Acadiana today have been Brian Signorelli of Basin Boat Lighting and Terry Broussard of Spot Tonight. We edited this conversation to fit into our time slot here on KRVS. You can hear our unedited conversation and find out more about Brian and Terry by listening to the Out to Lunch Acadiana podcast. You can find and subscribe on your podcast app and our website, it's Acadiana.com. If you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos from this show on itsacadiana.com and on our Out to Lunch Acadiana social media. These photos were taken by Aster Morgan, and you can find more of Aster's photos at astermorgan.com. Out to Lunch Acadiana is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsacadiana.com and KRVS 88.7 FM. Producer of our show is Grant Morris. Technical producer is Eric Merle. Our associate producer, Chad Terrio. Our researcher is... Leah Erdialis. Today's show is engineered by Dylan Babineau. I'm Christian Mater, the editor of the current Lafayette's nonprofit newsroom. And to get the scoop on Lafayette, head over to thecurrentla.com. Sign up for our free newsletter. We'll see you next time for more business and conversation on Out to Lunch Acadiana. See you later. Out to Lunch Acadiana was recorded live over lunch at Tsunami Sushi on Jefferson Street in downtown Lafayette. Tsunami is open Tuesday through Saturday for lunch and dinner, serving sushi, sashimi, salads, and authentic Japanese grilled dishes. Tsunami welcomes casual dining or reservations. More information at servingsushi.com. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at MitchellForeman.com. If you'd like to be part of Out to Lunch, to learn how your business or organization can become an Out to Lunch program partner, email info at inobroadcasting.com.